0: This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Am I on? There I am. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone online who didn't hear me say good morning yet. We're glad that you are here. Glad that you've joined us. Oh everybody okay? Chris said a, a, several times while he was talking that he he said I'm working it out. <laughs> I'm working it out. I, I feel like that's kind of my word of the day is I'm working it out. We're we're working it out. We're we're getting there. We're trying to we're figuring out where where we're going. Um Yeah. Anybody anybody feel like you're working it out in your life? <laughs> Like, like there's some there's some things that just kind of you just need to work out a little more you know just just find that place and well welcome to church we're glad that you're here and glad that you're joining us online everybody that's online uh we are so thankful that you're joining in I talked to several people uh yesterday on the phone and and um m- many of you many of you said yeah, we're we're joining in every week online. You know, not quite ready to come back in person yet, which I fully understand uh, and 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 respect. But uh, we are so thankful that you are joining in online and 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 in, and with us in spirit. So thankful for all of you who are here in person. You know, I've been thinking about this uh, this season that we're in. It's a se- you know, God creates the seasons. And and he creates um, he cr- he creates rhythmic seasons so that we can understand what to expect. We can know what's coming. We know you know and, and, and you know we we do we do a lot of things more than you probably realize. We do it kind of instinctually or automatically, but we we do what we do based on the seasons. And, and if you want to prove that to yourself, move somewhere that has totally different seasons than you do. And you will quickly fill, figure out that uh, okay, <laughs> that was unique to where I was in that season, in those seasons. And then I think there are seasons that God brings into our lives that are for a time. They're they're for a, a, a you know a purpose in our in our lives. And 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 this has certainly been a season, right? <laughs> this has certainly been a a disruptive season that that we ha- that things have have kind of. Well, we just have to back up and relook at everything right We just have to kind of back up and 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 refocus a little bit you know i I got some new glasses a few weeks ago, and Suzanne and i we got got new glasses and so we've been you know the last couple of weeks trying to kind of refocus and and letting your eyes adjust to the new lenses and 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 trying to see you know and everything looks a little weird and a little contorted and here and there and then eventually you know you just realize, hey, everything looks normal now, right? The, the lenses didn't change. I adjusted to the lenses. My, my eyes adjusted to the lenses. And when God puts new glasses on us and helps us to see something that we hadn't seen before, all of a sudden we, we have to do some adjusting, right? And we have to relook at things and we have to squint a little bit and get a little closer and, and, and all of those things that that help us to do that, and one of the things that, of course, I look at all the time is is the church and, and church life and and how we and how we do church and and, and what it is and and you know we when, when we first started this whole thing back about this time last year in in a couple of weeks we'll be at the the anniversary of when we first shut down last year and when we when we did that i thought yeah we'll be we'll be shut down a couple weeks till this thing blows over 3 weeks at the most we'll be back in bit right 3 weeks went by 6 weeks went by right we did we did get to open up a little bit in the summer which was kind of a juggling act in in a lot of ways and then and then the fall came and we and we shut right back down and and it's just, I shouldn't say we shut down. We stopped meeting in person. We never shut down. <laughs> we, we we never shut down at all. The ministry never stopped. Uh, what we do never stopped. We just had to do it. We were forced to do it in a different way. And even now, you know, coming back, we've been back, for I guess, six weeks, five, five or six weeks now. Um, we've been back and and it's still, we're, we're still kind of refocusing. We're still trying to find, a, find that spot on the glass. You, you, when you get old, you get a thing called progressive lenses. Amen? Come on, old people. Yeah, yeah, you get those. And, and so you, you start looking at things like this. <laughs> Try, trying to find that spot on the lens where that thing comes into focus, right? And, and, and you know, it takes, it takes a minute to figure that out. But, you, you know, I, I think... I think in a lot of ways we're doing that in many, many areas of our life right now. We're, we're kind of we're we're looking for that spot where it, where it comes into focus, where where it gets crisp again, and we can see again, and, and we can understand again. And I think because of that, there's a lot of there's a lot of things changing. There's a lot of there's a lot of shifting going on and moving around uh, going on that that happens. And you know when you come into what, what once was a, a very established church and, you know, all the ministry positions were filled and all the volunteer positions were filled and all this and that and the other thing, you know, it, it's one thing to come into a new church um, where everything is already established. It's another thing to come into a brand new church plant, right? When you come into a brand new church plant as a, as a brand new person, well, you're just like everybody else, so you just need to get to work, you know, somewhere. You've got to find your, your, your position, your spot. And, and I think churches all around the country, all around the world, truthfully, probably, went from many of them being very established churches to being brand new church plants. Even if they've been in that building for a hundred years, they are a brand new church plant because the building has nothing to do with the church plant. Amen. Because we, we could we could move from here into a building that's you know 150 years old, and we would still be a brand new church, and and I've, and that's what I feel like. I feel like we're a brand new church plant all over again. When, when we moved from the old building into this building um, back in 2007, it felt like we were a brand new church all of a sudden. Because all of a sudden we had to do everything we did differently. What worked in that old, you know, what worked in that little church over there, in that little building, in the ty, you know, tiny little thing, it, it didn't translate. It didn't work here. And I and I feel like when coming out of this pandemic, God has changed the season so much that we have to relook at everything that we do. That we have to relook at everything that we. How we how we do what we do and and you know and our involvement in it. I also uh, uh, this 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 has nothing to do with my sermon, by the way. This is just me working it out. I'm still working it out because I you know I look around and and. I feel like God is saying, you need to get ready, and you need to get ready with who is with you, right? <laughs> that, that we need, that, that we need greeters, we need people that are willing to serve in the children's ministry, we need people, when you say, well, wait a minute, we don't, we don't really have those things up and, no, maybe not, but God is saying, get ready, this season is for you to get ready, <laughs> for the season that's about to come and the season that's about to come if you're not ready for it is going to overwhelm you kind of like texas got overwhelmed when all of a sudden it became canada right they didn't know what to do rightfully slow i lived in texas for a long time if it would have happened you know when I lived, I wouldn't have known what to do because you're not built for it. You're not prepared for it. You're not infrastructured for it. And, and the season changed overnight. And it overwhelmed the system. And, and I'm, just, I'm just working this out as your pastor <laughs> as the, as the, you know, and, and you as the body because you're here. If it's your first time here, thank you for coming. We're, we're, we're so thankful that you're here. Now it's time to get to work. What are you going to do? No, I'm just kidding about that a little bit, just a little bit. We're thankful that you're here. We love that you're here, that you've joined us. But I want you to understand that you're not here by accident, that you're not here just because this is where you used to go before the pandemic started, that you're not here just because this is the building you happened to drop into when you're driving by on Pleasant Valley, you know, you're not here by accident, you're here by God's divine plan and purpose to say, you're part of the infrastructure. You're part of what is going to help us be prepared for the next thing that's coming. And, and that's an important thing to embrace, <laughs> That's an important thing to, to receive and to accept. And, and, and you, you might say, well, but I'm shy, and I don't like to greet people when they first walk in the door. Well, then, that, good. we got a lot of positions for shy people, right? I don't like adults. Then we have a nursery. Just for you, right? I'm just saying... What what we're in right now is a preparation phase. We're in a preparation season. We're in a get ready season. And that getting ready means that we don't have the luxury of sitting back and waiting for someone else to lead. We don't have the luxury of sitting back and waiting for someone else to take responsibility. One of the things that Christianity does is the moment you accept Christ and become a follower of Christ, you also become an ambassador of Christ, and you also become responsible for the kingdom. You become an evangelist. You become a shepherd. You become a caregiver. You become a, 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 someone who is responsible, because once you have come to life, now you become a, a part of. It's kind of like being on a battlefield. <laughs> I realize I use way too many army analogies. I'm sorry about that, but it just, it works with me. It, it's kind of like being wounded on a battlefield and getting patched up and, and splinted up and fixed up, and now all of a sudden, the moment that you are up, you become a part of the rescue, right? You become a part of the medical, you were once a patient, now you're the medical staff, right? Now you're the one that's going to go and start helping others get, get patched up and healed up. And, and that's what Christianity is about. That's, that's what we do. Because we live in a world where we don't have the luxury of just sitting back and watching anymore. We live in a world where if God has called you here, and you're here because God has called you here. You might have come kicking and screaming. You might not really even feel like you're supposed to be here. That's okay. That's join the club on that one. You might not feel like, well, I don't have anything to offer. Well, if you didn't have anything to offer, God wouldn't have brought you here because he brought you here to offer what you have. Come on. I didn't mean to turn this into some kind of recruiting video or anything. I'm just, I'm just believing. I'm just working it out. (laughs) I'm just working out what God is, what is, what God is downloading to me is that you need to get ready you need to get ready for what I'm about to do. I don't even begin to fathom what that is because I don't think it's what we used to think it was when we, th- when we said God's about to do something, right? What, what, what we used to think we, when we said God's about to do something, what we really meant was God's about to fill up the building, right? <laughs> God's about to gather a bunch of people. That's what we used to think. I don't think that's what it is anymore. I, I think it's changing. I think it's shifting into something else. It will include that to some degree, but it will include a lot more, a lot more methodologies of connecting, but also a lot more methods of, 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 of sending, of releasing, of reaching. because for so many years, the church has just been about gathering. And I think God send us a season. He sent us a season to shake us up a little bit and say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this is not just about looking in and gathering. This is about looking out and sending. This is about looking out and reaching. This is about looking out and overtaking the land, the, the, the space that the enemy has taken. It's about going. If you look at what Jesus did, if you read through the Gospels and pay real close attention to what Jesus told people to do, He almost always told them, go. He very rarely tells them, come, right? We come to Jesus because we are attracted to Him. I I, I had a a great opportunity to to talk to someone yesterday on, on a Zoom call and and. And she said, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't really know why, but I just feel so hungry for God. I just feel, I, I don't, I don't, I'm just starting out on this thing, but I just want more. I just want more of Him. And, and, and listen, I think that that appetite is spreading. That appetite is not something that we have to create in people. It's something we get to satisfy in people with what we have, which is the Word of God and Christ... But that appetite is created by God. And I said, listen, the reason that you want that is is simply one reason God is calling you. If he weren't calling you, this wouldn't even be on your mind. Because no one comes to God unless they are called, right? But when you are called, when when you're sitting in a room like this, when you're watching this channel online, (laughs) it's because you're called. That's the purpose. That, uh, um, um, let me, not the purpose, that's the result of, of being called. Why am I here? Why am I watching? It's because I'm called. And God doesn't, and God doesn't make mistakes in his callings. Now we can reject his calling, we can ignore his calling, we, we can reduce his calling to be just some kind of coincidence or, or, or happenstance or whatever it may be. But the truth is, you're here because You're called. And if we lean into that calling, and in the words of Paul, live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, now we have a purpose. Now we have something to live into. And it's living into that purpose and that calling that I think will release us into the future, release us into the next season that God has prepared for us with joy, <laughs> where we can let go of that which is behind us and press on toward that which has come. We look around and and we say, okay, wait, there's, there's different faces. There's new faces. There's old faces I don't see anymore. There's this, that, and the other. Okay, I get it. Me too. Absolutely. But it's time to press forward. Right? Things have changed. Things sound different. Things look different. Things are, okay, I get it. Me too. But it's time to press forward. And say, what's the next? What's the season God wants to prepare us for? Come on, I'm just working it out. Chris, you should have never said that. Amen. Messed me up. Messed me up. This coming Saturday, just as a as a quick announcement, right in the middle of a sermon. Um, if that's not sermon yet, I haven't started. <clears throat> Uh, next Saturday, we we were trying to coordinate a service project down, sa- downtown, but it, it hasn't logistically it, it isn't working out. So the men's group, the Impact Men's Ministry, uh, we're gonna we're gonna meet here at the church next Saturday instead of our m- normal meeting uh, online, and we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some service around our house, if you will. We're gonna we're gonna. We're going to clean up and and do some stuff, uh, some fixing up and repairs around here. Any of you men who want to come, you don't have to already have joined, you know, or been a part of Impact Ministry. You're all welcome. Ladies, it is a He-Man Woman Haters Club, so you can't come and... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Any of y'all who don't know what Little Rascals is will not get that reference. But if you do know what Little Rascals was back in 50 years ago... (laughs) just kidding. Um, I mean, you're welcome too, I guess. You'll just be outnumbered, but that's okay. It's, it, it's, it's okay. Um, but, but for the men, any of you men who just want to connect with other men and, and you know, do some, do some physical labor together and just spend some time together, we haven't done that in a long time. You know, it, it's, been a, it's been a long time that we've been able to do that. We'll have a lot of projects outside. We're Believing by Faith for Good Weather so, um, you know, if, you, if you're more comfortable being outside, um, and it's supposed to be a real nice week, so we just invite you to, to do that. One other quick thing, and I already mentioned it, if you want to be a greeter, which is, which is a great ministry to have, you have a, I was going to say if you have a beautiful smile, but it really doesn't matter at this moment, we could just paint one on your mask if you need to. Um, but if but if you have friendly eyes so let 's put it that way that 's the, there 's the only the only qualification for being a greeter is that you need friendly eyes right and um, and if you don 't have that, we can put a little tape on your forehead and pull and make you look happy so uh see Cody if you are interested in being a greeter and we 'd love to have you we 're going we 're going to do that one one piece at a time uh, as we as we refill. <laughs> restaff our, all of our ministries across the board. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Also, I want to say thank you to everybody who has been so faithful in support, in supporting the ministry, in supporting, you know, I, th- there are people, it, it, it's interesting to me, there are people that have really, really gone out of their way to be able to give, Right, I mean, it hasn't been convenient to give, and and you say, well, we got it all online and we got it all this. Well, that's convenient for millennials and below, right? But for all of us gray hair people, just having it online doesn't make it convenient. It makes it confusing, right? No, just me. But listen, it really is easy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just playing with that. I'm trying to be funny, and it's not working. But. Um, you know, we, we, we do have a lot, of, a lot of different ways to give, but having ways to give is, is different than having people who are willing to give, and that's what I'm so thankful. That's what I'm so blown away about. Like I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just blown away with, with the generosity of God's people who have said you know what yeah you can disrupt our systems you can disrupt our methods you can disrupt our service you can disrupt our society and our culture but you can't disrupt my willingness to to to, to worship and that's what giving is it's it's worship it's declaring the stuff that represents my life, my time, my energy, my efforts through the week, I'm going to take a portion of that, the portion that God said, 10% of that, that they give me in exchange for my life, right? Because that's what time and energy and effort is that I give at my job or or wherever I work, however I work. In exchange, I get a currency. That currency represents my life during that week. I'm going to take the 10th of that currency that, God gave, that, that, that I received from the world, and I'm going to give it to God, and I'm going to give it to God because that tenth represents the whole. Are you with me? God doesn't say, just give me, give me 10% so you can keep the other 90. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what tithing is. Tithing is, give me 10% in obedience so that I can know that the other 90 is under my kingdom as well. That the, un- the other 90 is under my rulership as well. And because it's under my rulership, now it's going to multiply. Now it's going to be divinely inspired as it is released into the world, back into the world. You, you see, we're-, we're laundering money is what we're doing. We're taking money from the world, running it through the kingdom and putting it back into the world as kingdom money. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, y'all don't know? you're getting me started on a whole different sermon I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change, but it gets me excited just to see the faithfulness of God's people in the midst of challenging times that, that rise up and say, even if it's inconvenient, I'm going to drive by and drop it off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually write on an envelope and put a stamp on it and send it in. I'm going to go online and figure out this newfangled system that we have. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to make this happen because this matters. And you have proven that this matters. And that matters to me. And I just want you to know that. So I appreciate that. Now I'm going to preach a sermon. So if you want to take out your app, take out your your, your, your Bible app or your church app. It's all on there. The notes are on there. You can type it in. Everything you want to do is on the app. CCC, uh, if, you, if you don't have it, you can find it under Connection Christian Church app on the App Store, Google Play Store, and all those other stores, and it's free, but it has notes on there under Sermon Notes, it has all of our scriptures listed and all my points listed and places for you to put in, uh, put in your own notes and save them and email them to yourself. All of our announcements and things that we have coming up. We have an Easter extravaganza coming up at uh, the end of this month because we're headed toward Easter. And today I want to talk to you about this idea, Easter every day. Easter every day. This is a preparation sermon series for God's people. This is a sermon series geared toward raising, elevating the value of what happened, what we celebrate, the the event that we celebrate on Easter, what happened in that event and elevating the value of what that means to us. Because when it means more to us, we, we, we will be more apt to share it with them, right? We will be more apt to share it with the world, with people out there, when we understand the value of what really happened on Easter that we celebrate. We don't just celebrate Easter once a year. We celebrate Easter every day because every day Easter impacts our lives. If you're a believer in Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, I believe even if you're not, it still impacts your life. You just may not recognize it, but we have to recognize it. As followers of Christ, we have to recognize it. We have to see it. So so here's what I want. I want to start out with a verse. It's Easter in two verses right here. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, it says this, I passed on to you what was most important. Everybody say, most important. Now, when the Apostle Paul says, this is what's most important, y'all know that that is what's most important, right? Because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the Scripture, and the Holy Spirit says through the Apostle Paul, this is the most important thing. If you get everything else right and miss this, you have missed the most important thing. You follow me? Okay, so he says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Here it is. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. What did he say? Three things. Christ died, Christ was buried, and Christ rose again. That is the most important thing. Why is that the most important thing? Because it's in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that we are set apart from all other belief systems in the world that we are set apart from all of our other philosophies that have ever been known in the world to humankind. We are set apart for with a solution to our problem. What is our problem? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, we are all subjects to the wrath of God and separated from Him eternally. Except the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ changed everything. And when it changed everything, it it shifted what that means to us. Now we actually have hope. Now we actually have a future. Now we actually have something to look forward to. Way back in Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, right? We, we, we know it by heart, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. A plan is to give you a hope and a future. You know what he was talking about when he said that? He was talking about Christ, that's what he was talking about. You say, well, no, he was talking to the Israelites and their political and cultural situation. No, no, no. Listen that's just a shadow of the true meaning and the true reality of what he was talking about because he knew that one day Christ would come and die on a cross and he would be buried and in that burial he would descend into the holding place where the souls of those people he was talking to at that moment Christ would go there and preach to them and they would follow him out in a train into freedom into God's presence. That's the gospel and that's what we get to do that's what we get to experience when we see God at work in us and around us and through us we are seeing the gospel come to life that's the good news because we have access to God now we have access to his power we have access to his healing last week we we had the opportunity to pray for a couple people and prayed for Chris Cody, Cody was up here, he was talking and and and, and he called for prayer for Chris and we paid for Chris. Chris came in on crutches last week. He came in without crutches this week. Yeah. Come on. You might say, oh, that's a coincidence. That's a week gone by. No, no, no. Cody also what he didn't mention, I'm gonna step out of bounds and tell you what he told me in private, because he's my son and I can do that. When you're dad. He said he had a word for Chris, and I think he told you after, after the fact. And his word was time, I think. I might be getting this. I'll just go with it. My version is better. Even if it's not true. No, this, this is true, right? Tell me it's true. It, it, he, said, he said, it's time. And Chris said, Well, that's funny, because he said, When, when the doctors look at my foot, he said, Your foot is healing up too fast. Your, your foot's healing up faster than it should. I don't think he's been supposed to be walking without crutches just yet, are you? But, but here he is, able to put weight on a foot that he wasn't supposed to put weight on. And what, what does that mean? That means that God's healing. <laughs> that means that God is giving word to Cody through, to call for prayer for, for Chris for that time. And that time, it, God is revealing to us, hey, I'm in this. I'm involved here. Had, had the opportunity to pray for a sister back there uh, after the service last I went and asked her this morning. She said, it's healing up good. Time. It's healing up faster than it should. Time. Because you know what? God is the Lord of time. He's, he's got power over time. Cody used the illustration of making water out of wine. You know, I mean, yeah, making water into wine. You know, anybody can make water into wine if you've got the right ingredients in them enough time. But if you're missing any of those things, then you're in trouble, unless there's divine intervention. then that's what Jesus brings. That's what Jesus brought to the first, first wedding at the Can of Galilee that he celebrated. He brought, he brought the, they brought the water, but he brought the ingredients. He brought the time. And he created wine that the that the master of the, of, of the ceremony came after he tasted it and said, what are you doing? You already gave away all the bad stuff and then you brought out the good stuff. You're supposed to do it the other way around. Because Jesus' wine was so much better than the stuff they had already brought out. We got to give him credit when he shows up. If we don't give him credit when he shows up, why would he keep showing up? So we're going to give him credit when he shows up. Come on. We're not going to chalk it up to some coincidence. We're not going to talk, chalk it up to just the natural passage. No, no. We're going to give God credit where credit is due. When he answers our prayers, we need to be talking about that. We need to be sharing that because that's where faith comes from. That's where we start to see things that are actually happening. We pray for things and then we never see anything happen. That doesn't help our faith. But when we pray for things and things start happening, we need to give credit where credit is due. Amen? Because that's where faith happens. That's where faith starts to grow. And and that's when we start to see the value of the gospel. The value of why God did what he did. And what it means to us here and now. Yes, it means so much to us infinitely beyond anything we can fathom there and then when we die and go to heaven. But it also means something to us right here, right now. It means God with us right here, right now. Come on. He's not waiting to finally give you the blessing of the gospel when you cross over into heaven, although that is unbelievably, it's just an unfathomable thought that we get to spend all of eternity with God. But he's also Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Spirit in us. God ever present where we are, when we need him, wherever we are. That's the power of the gospel. Listen, if you're a Christian, if you're a spirit-filled Christian, when you walk into your work or you walk into Walmart or you walk into your school or you walk into wherever you are, you are a solution to someone's problem because you're walking in with the gospel in you. You're walking in with the Holy Spirit in you. And the thing that the devil has done to that person to kill, steal, and destroy, that Jesus in you wants to restore it and give them abundant life. Come on. He wants to fix that which the devil... Listen, our whole job as Christians here on this planet is number one, get saved. Number two, undo the works of the devil. That's it. Just go around undoing anything that the devil has torn down, broken, stolen, or destroyed. And how do we do that? We do that through the gospel. We do that by allowing christ to flow to us and through us to the world around us and christian i just don't think we're in that place anymore where we can just take that for granted or where we can just think that someone else is going to do it no it's time to take responsibility for what we've been given through the gospel It's time to take responsibility. Listen, I love that word, responsibility. What does it mean? It means that you have the ability to respond. Because of who is in you, no matter what happens around you, you have within you the ability to respond. Therefore, you have the response ability. Come on. So we can't just look at a burning building and say, well, I'm not a firefighter, so... I can't do anything about that. No, no, no. (laughs) You have been clothed with Christ. It, It would be very strange to walk up to, you know, the crowd standing around a burning building. And you walk up completely clothed in firefighter garb with your fire extinguishers and your fire hoses and your red hat and your heavy jacket and respirator and all of that. And you stand there with the rest of the crowd saying, man, somebody ought to really do something about that. Well, that's the equivalent of a Christian walking into a situation where the devil is wreaking havoc and we don't step into it and do something about it. Right? Are you with me? So what does Easter mean to you? That's, that, that's our running question. What does Easter mean to you? What's the value of Easter in your life? I'm going to talk to you from Matthew chapter 9. Today we're going to look at verse 1 through 8. It says this, Jesus stepped stepped into a boat, crossing over and came to his own town. Remember last week, I think, or the week before I talked about it, it's, it's amazing how every time that Jesus crosses over something, he does something new. He does something different, and and it's it's a reoccurring pattern. And and I feel like we are crossing over right now. We're in the midst of crossing over. When the Israelites crossed over the Red Sea on dry ground, when they walked through the river (laughs) that was parted for them, you know, it, it was that crossing over moment that led to a new promised land, to a new opportunity, to a new thing that was about to happen. It says this, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought him to a brought some men brought to him a paralyzed man laying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting response. I mean the guy's laying on a mat. <laughs> He can't walk. And, and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. In just a second, though, he's going to say something that's even further out there. But here's something that I want you to think about. Number one is this. Easter means we now have someone to bring our faith to. We now have someone, because of Easter, because of Christ, because of the cross... Because of the death, death burial and resurrection, it would have been one thing if he had just died and been buried, and then we would have kind of forgot about him, and, and we would have some history books that talked about this man that once was here and, and did some things, but now he's gone. The resurrection means it's something totally different. This is something completely different. This, this is something this is something that is outside of our normal experience and understanding, and, and it's because of that that we have, that we now have someone to bring our faith to. We have someone when we look around our world and we're just like we need a leader, we need somebody to step up, we need someone to take responsibility, we need someone to to trust him. we need someone to believe in, we need someone to right. We say that thing about government officials or, or about you know, company leaders or CEOs or something like that. But listen, Jesus is that for us. He is the one that we can bring our faith to. And secondly, Easter means we now have someone to place our faith in. We don't just bring our faith to him and, and say, oh, here... <laughs> You handle it you take care of it here's a problem you deal with it no 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 now we have someone to push to place our faith in and when we understand that through the gospel because of the gospel right acts acts 2 38 when when they came to peter and asked peter they were cut to the heart they were convicted of their sin they came to peter and said what must we do brothers what must we do because we are convicted of this sin. We are convicted of this thing that we have done. And we want to make it right with God. What do we do? Peter said repent. Which means to change the way you're thinking. The way you're thinking is that you've got the law, that you were born as an Israelite, that you were born into the family, that you you inherited your salvation, that that if you keep the law well enough and follow the rules well enough, you'll be okay. And and you can make it. If you do these traditions and these rituals and this religion right enough, then you'll be okay. He says, no, stop that. That's That's what John the Baptist was baptizing people out of. He was baptizing them out of a religion that was self-reliant into a religion that was trusting God only, completely, and absolutely. And that's what Christ is. He gave himself so that we could have somewhere to bring our faith to and someone to place our faith in. In Acts 2:38, it also says, "Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." In our repentance, changing our minds, we enter into baptism, which is a surrender of my will. It's no longer my will, but your will be done. Whatever you tell me, that's what I want to do. It's an obedience. It's an act of obedience and an act of release. It's an act of burial that I am now being buried with Christ. Romans 6. And if I have been buried with Christ, then I will be raised with Him as well into this resurrection. And in this resurrected life, I am now a new wineskin, able to receive the Holy Spirit that I once was unable to hold in my old dead man, sinful, dried out, parched wineskin. I couldn't hold it, but now because I have been buried dead and buried and raised again with Christ in the gospel, now I can receive this Holy Spirit that empowers me to go into the world with power to respond. Come on. It's letting go of me so I can be taken hold of by Him. And when I surrender... I, I have a little slip of paper in my in my desk right now. I had lost it for many, many years. I've referred to it many times. I have it but I found it. <laughs> it once was lost, but now it's found. And it's in my desk. Right in the right in the little tray where, you know, all that junk gathers. When you don't know where else to put anything, you pull out your desk and you drop it there and you right. Well there's a little slip of paper there that I wrote down years and years and years ago we were over in the old building and I had just started out just out of the army into ministry had no idea what I was doing why God would call me into this I, 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 was, I was every day was an adventure but I wrote down on this little, this little slip of paper that just said surrender is the way to win the war And I've spent the last two decades figuring out what that means <laughs> and understanding a little more what that means every day. You see, when I surrender my will to God's will, all of a, all of a sudden God's will flows through me. If I'm in the way, then he doesn't get the way, right? He doesn't, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't get to do it his way if I'm in his way. But when I get out of his way through surrendering, not my will but yours be done, I mean, Jesus modeled this perfectly for us in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours be done. All of a sudden, all the power of heaven was released to him and through him, and he went to the cross and destroyed the works of the devil. Come on. And he was modeling for us what it looks like to lay down my will, to release my will, so that His will can flow to me and through me. I can be buried with Him, raised again, receiving the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had in Him, to now go into the world and undo the works of the devil. Verse 3 says, At this, some teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Blaspheming. He's blaspheming because he said that he can forgive sin. Listen, here's here's a quick point. I'll move right on. Judgmental people have a hard time seeing others receive forgiveness. I'll just leave that one with you. Verse 4. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Knowing their thoughts. Jesus knew their thoughts. It's interesting. And he says, why do you entertain these evil thoughts in your heart? Because here's what Easter means. Easter means I am no longer a slave to the sin in my thoughts. Easter means that I can take the words of the Apostle Paul that says, Take captive every thought and make it, test it, make it approved of Christ. How do I do that? I do that with the authority of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ on the cross. He defeated sin and death once and for all. And he gave that authority to me when I received the Holy Spirit, when I entered into the death, burial, and resurrection with him, my new identity into the name of Jesus Christ. Now I have the authority to take captive those thoughts and no longer live as a slave to them. That's, what, that's why Romans says we, we are no longer slaves, because of the gospel. We, we don't have to think that way anymore. Verse 5 says, which is, which is easier to say, Jesus is talking here, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? It's a good question, right? <laughs> like if he were to walk in here and ask us that question, which one is easier for you to do? Say to someone, your sins are forgiven, or say to someone, get up and walk. Well, sin's forgiven. I can't actually see with my natural eyes. So in a natural state of mind, in a natural point of view, I'm going to go with that one. So Jesus goes with the other one. He says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority. Remember, I said a couple weeks ago, when Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man, he is referring to himself as a human being filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that we are filled with. He is demonstrating for us what we now get to do because of him. Are you with me? That makes people uncomfortable, I hope a little bit. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Get up, take your mat, and go. That's what healing looks like. You were paralyzed. You were broken. You were, you were wounded. You were down there. Jesus came along, and he patched you up. He healed you. He set you free. And now you can get up can roll up your mat and now you go you go help others who are down there you go make a difference to others who are out there you go make a difference to the others who had nowhere to put their hope and no one to place their hope in nowhere to put their faith and no one to place their faith in you have that now you have Christ he is the answer to every problem he is the cure to every illness he is the fix to everything the enemy has broken and we have him now verse 9 says or, um, chapter 9 verse 7 and 8 say this then the man got up went home when the crowd saw this they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. Jesus is demonstrating for us how he wants us to live in the world. And here's my last point. Easter means the miracle of forgiveness is ours. The miracle of forgiveness is ours. Remember what Jesus said. Which one is harder? Is it to say your sins are forgiven or is it to say get up and walk? We in the physical realm, we look at it and say, oh, it's get up and walk. That's definitely the harder one. No, no, no. Jesus had to die to make the other one possible. Jesus had to pay the price to make the other one possible for you and me that one by far in the spiritual realm is immeasurably more difficult so difficult we could do nothing about it while we were still yet sinners lost in our sins and transgressions Christ died for us when we had no hope he became sin for us on our behalf so that we could have this what Easter is to us. We're going to celebrate communion together and as we celebrate communion together, we remember that very day. And the night before he was betrayed, he, he took out the bread and he said listen this is my body being given for you whenever you do this do this in remembrance of me and he was telling them to remember something that they hadn't yet experienced he was telling them to remember remember what's about to happen on the cross remember when you see my blood dripping down, when you see my body being beaten, remember, because this is where your power is. So receive the body of Christ. When they had finished eating, he held up the cup. And he said... This represents the blood of my body that is given on your behalf. And because He gave it on our behalf, we get to celebrate Easter every single day. Because every single day, we get to receive the blessing of what? Of the price that He paid on that first Easter Sunday. He shed His blood to cover our sins and to clothe us in himself. So when we show up, we are dressed and ready in Christ's blood. Receive his blood. Would you stand with me? And if you're uh, if you at home online, if you're watching somewhere and you're able to, you just stand up? Would you just, or, or just change your posture in some way? Because I feel like we just have to respond. We just have to respond in some way. So I just I I, I I invite you to either hold your hands out, hold your hands up, put put your hands in a position of receiving, of connecting, of coming close and near to God. In the words of Isaiah, we say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'm yours. I'm available. This was so beautifully saying earlier. I am available, Lord. Not my will, but yours be done. I surrender my will to your will. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To me through me, as I give it all to you. All of me belongs to all of you. And I praise you with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. We love you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.